0: springboard of virtual university my name is albert okran welcoming you on behalf of team springboard led by comfort this is your most inspirational show and the point where the greatest minds in the world converge your virtual university is brought to you by the springboard roadshow foundation in partnership with the multimedia group and proudly sponsored by mtn pulse umb bank the enterprise group with support from the graphic business. You've had an amazing journey traveling in the engine room, and many of you keep calling us and telling us how much fun it was getting into the piston rings of the lives of frontliners in various fields. Make time to check out the various episodes of the engine room, my YouTube page, Albert Okran, and learn the key lessons that have emerged from the various people that we have interacted with today we have a very special conversation about emerging trends in business with a focus on banking and it's my joy to welcome the recently appointed executive director of business at UMB Bank Ni Amankra Tete into the studios for a conversation about emerging trends with a focus on banking. Good to see you. Great to see you Reverend. <laughs> How has the last couple of months been. Absolutely exciting. <laughs> a dream. <laughs> are, are, you a, are you a car person? Not much. <laughs> Not much. My wife is a, my wife is such a car person. Oh, I, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> I, I could, I could, you could put in a different kind, I wouldn't even know which, which one it is. But I would have asked you if you were to describe the last couple of months with a car engine. Which, which one would be? Would it be a, an, a
1: BM engine or... Uh. Or yes. An articulator engine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I struggle. I think there's a cross somewhere there <laughs> where the articulator is running, but there's a, there's a there's a BM engine coming out there somewhere. So it's been it's been, it's been very exciting. There's been quite a lot to do, um, and the the pitch has been quite high because there's a lot of excitement about change, and it, it looks like the uh, people are very change ready. So you always have all of this energy in any room and in any meeting. We'll be coming to talk about about
0: yourself, the bank, UMB Bank, the new role you are taking and just the lessons for somebody trying to integrate into a new role. We have a number of listeners who are very keen to hear about what does it take to transition from one organization in a very different role to a new one in a different role. But let's start with you. So your person... Where where have you been and where have you come from? And that's a question that many people ask when
1: a new executive is <laughs> appointed. Oh, well, I, I've been, I've come from many places. I, I, I always think that I'm a product of incredible leadership, intended or not intended, and amazing fellowship. I, I, I think I've been that blessed. Um, and I've come from many places. Um, started out at Standard Chartered um, a little over 20 years ago um, as a Trade operations uh, assistant, um, Learned on that job, moved into corporate banking, and there, there, there I met uh, uh, Mr. Alex Mold, <laughs> who, who, uh, one Friday came by my desk and says, "What do you think about working in corporate banking?" I was like, "Who me?" <laughs> he says, "Yes, you," and that's how I made my move over there. Did some corporate banking, uh, relationship management, credit analyst, then. Um, got on my found my passion which was largely local business so moved to Barclays Bank uh, about 5 years later um, and spent probably most of my working life there 12 years at Barclays Um, did so many things from SMEs then I found I think what was my big passion (laughs) retail banking Um, started out as a cluster manager head of distribution, head of retail did some time at our original office um, as head of network optimization, came back as retail and business banking director um, sometime in 2016, um, and was there for about um, a year and a half before um, I was appointed MD at Bayport Savings and Loans. So I'm coming from Bayport Savings and Loans, and um, I mean each of these places I I I I, I, I struggle to say. There was a bad experience because I, I have come to understand that all of them um, somehow, you know, do things in your DNA that allow you to be able to do the next job. So every time I come to a place where there's a, <laughs> there's a mountain or something impossible to do, I'm like, okay, uh, this means something's coming up and I, you know, I settle down and I just get through it. Um, it doesn't mean there's, oh, it's not painful, it's yeah, usually painful. But, Every single time, I think I've been blessed with leaders who have walked that journey before. So it makes, um, it makes calling on those strengths and those learnings very easy. But I've also been very supported by those who, who understood the moments. And I, 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 you know, faces just pass in front of me, as I remember, especially the followers who made those things that people now call successes. Easy to think about, but they're not easy.
0: Let me let me just let me just pick on something that you just mentioned. You, 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 I like that you capture it great leadership and great followership, and, and I think it's a very compelling um description. But you talk about people whose faces come whenever you think about yes. your journey. Yes. Are there some faces that you still remember even Absolutely. today? Absolutely, give me an idea.
1: Um, so when I think about great followers, I remember people like Peter Forger was always calm and collected and analytical. <laughs> I remember Farian, who was, you know, all over the place. He could just move a crowd with his charisma. Um, I remember Charles. Ch- Charles, you know what type it is, was what he always said. <laughs> he was a fun, fun, loving leader. Um, I remember um, a lady um, in a teller enclosure We did a Day in Your Shoes uh, program one day, and I spent... I think about four hours in a tele-enclosure. My respect to every single teller in all of Ghana. She taught me some very vital lessons in patience and, and learning how to deal with routine. Um, I remember um, Bridget Sarko, dear, and, and a number of people who whose interaction with myself just made life a lot easier there. Yeah. Jeff Sowa, uh, so many names. Um, so many people. You know what you've done with
0: this very brief description that you just gave? Many people are, many people talk about mentors in their lives. Big, larger-than-life figures who made an input into their lives. And it's normal to hear somebody say, Oh, Alex Mould invested in me. This person, this MD invested in me. But when you mention followers, people who served as it were under you, but who made an impression on you, and you mention them by name, and particularly the person who took you into the teller enclosure for four hours and you learned about patience and routine, it, it must be very nice for them, listening to you, watching you at home, to see. oh, he remembers. Are you, are, do you have a very good memory?
1: Well, my wife wouldn't share that view. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I no, think no. that people, people have, people's wives have a different <laughs> <laughs> She wouldn't share that view, but um, there were just people who just stood out in the way they were. There was a lady, um, Margaret Pepper said. When I ran into her, she had done something like 26, 27 years in the bank. And I said, But you're so amazing, you're brilliant. Why haven't you tried to do any Euro? So she doesn't really know whether she's cut out for it or And I said, ah, you Try it. I remember she went in for an interview where she became branch operations manager. And I remember when she retired after almost 30 years. And she was celebrating, you know, and she came and said, You saw back. It was i what what Margaret had taught me was, you know, that calm optimism in spite of anything. And every time I look at her life I'm 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 totally amazed, you know. She put thirty years of her life into one organization mm. and you know, she had braved I mean almost every kind of change in thirty years of banking. For
0: me that was phenomenal. You talk about not seeing anything bad in any place you've been. And then you talk about the calm optimism that Margaret brought to bear. Are you by nature somebody who just looks at things and then sees the bright side of everything?
1: Finally! <laughs> it didn't always start out like that. But I, um, I tend to be like when the heat is, that's when I'm calmest. Mm. Um, And it's come out of many years of watching other people deal with challenges. uh, And I realized that panic just doesn't actually, when when I'm uh, like, you know, you know, these near accident scenarios, uh, (laughs) my wife can see it coming from a mile and I've seen it, but she always looks at me and thinks, "Ah, you are to do (laughs) anything, you know, but I'm probably calculating, okay, it's going to be like 15 (laughs) meters before impact. Um, i don 't want any confusion between so all of these scenarios are there, and I find out that you can actually almost in slow motion in your mind see all these things unfold and and, and so for me i I value the importance of um, calmness, not panic in the in the heat of situations wow. um, and, and, and I, I value it i 'm I'm not always that calm. I usually have a blow up or so before the <laughs> before the situation, but I actually have seen uh, great leaders, bring that to bear and I've seen the outcomes and I've also had the opportunity to be unsettled and panic and I've seen the outcome and I've seen... I think you've heard the first two, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's what simply doesn't get today And you may get, you, and a lot of people do things in panic and you actually get away with it, um, but with hindsight you realize that um, if you could just have had that second, second to pause and think it through, you probably would have gotten a lot more out of the experience than you did when you panicked.
0: Proponents of management theory think that this is connected with emotional intelligence. I'll tell you what, I mean, I read one of Mandela's writings where he talks about being in a small plane and the plane threatening to crash because of the weather. And according to those who were with him in the plane, the old man just kept relaxing and reading something he was reading and they were literally almost like Jesus Christ they him, don't you care that we are about to perish? <laughs> and they said the old man was just cool, cool, and then the plane finally by some miracle landed and the old man said, wow that was close, it was scary and the guy said, I believe Why yes, to relax he says, you don't know what was <laughs> going on inside. <laughs> would you exploring the link between this calmness and emotional intelligence, would you say that to be a great leader and a great manager, you need to bring this skill to bear, especially in turbulent times.
1: You know, a, a firm or a company gets their their signals from the leadership. Mm. So obviously if you're calm and, and focused on what needs to be done, your body language, your um, poise, your just your posture will carry messages to your team and allow them to focus on what matters. Um, and if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're panicked or, you know, um, letting all of your emotions carry through to your team, you may lose one or two of them who could have been critical in bringing about a solution, but because of the state of their mind. So it, it, it's very helpful. However, I think that so many forms of leadership that, you know, I, I've worked on the leaders who are, extremely vocal and loud and you know go to the bully pulpit in in that one but they end up protecting everybody and probably that works for them but I have also seen where people have seized the opportunity to get their teams to understand that we are in this moment where if we could just pause for a moment and think through it would actually be making history here and when the entire team latches on that the outcomes are so totally different. You, and the story that come out and the learnings um, ground the firm. So for right. me, um, I, I absolutely i am um, on a bench when it comes to um, just, you know, taking a deep breath, um, looking at all the things around you, remembering that you're leading people and that they, they're looking at you too, encouraging them, actually getting them to do their best work at that point in time not when it's rosy and easy, Uh, there's there's a a lot to be said for that posture. I
0: have have a thousand questions for you from what you just said, but there's something that is so strong on my mind, and I'd like to find out from you for the benefit of many of our listeners who are making a career transition, who have questions, you you transition from a role as managing director, CEO, you know in Ghana we like CEO, it's big! (laughs) It's big uh, to become executive director. It's a mm. very reputable bank you're serving in and mm. it's a beautiful role. Yeah. But, some, but somebody will still ask, how does it feel to transition from being a chief executive mm. to being a, an executive mm-hmm. director?
1: Mm. Talk to mm. us, help us to understand. <laughs> it. So that, that question came um several times from almost everyone, right from the people who interviewed me to many other people have asked me that question um but um the only person who never asked me that question was my wife why <laughs> she 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 i think she just knows who i am for me it's more important about the why are you know let me explore explode <laughs> so are you? so so um i'm more interested in the impact I can make at any level of organization than what title i'm wearing um and, it, 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 um, and i remember when i picked up the job CEO for Bayport, Um, the attraction was never the title. I was made a proposition about a challenge that was on hand and what they wanted to do. And that's what totally got to me, got me so excited. Um, And so typically, every time I've made a move um, from one job to the next, the question I've always asked is how much, how much impact can I make on this? Of course, the leader um, I'm working under now has led me before and given me space to grow. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely comfortable <laughs> under his leadership. Um, I would not be losing anything as far as I'm concerned. So for me, those, those, those two things, uh, um, um, right? So f- the first thing is, what's the opportunity there for me to learn to grow? To be better, but most importantly, to make a real impact, an impact that matters. When I've when I've ticked that box, the next one you're asking yourself is, who's leading? Do I trust this person? Once I get to that point, I'm good to go. If you
0: just joined us, this is Springboard, your virtual university, looking at emerging trends. banking. You see what are you talking about? You are talking about a person who has taken up a role but the beauty about this conversation is that we also get to unpack the life and career of Nia Mankratate, the recently appointed executive director of UMB Bank Ghana. We will first spend the first half of this conversation finding out about the person. In the second half, we will ask ourselves a big question to bank or not to bank. You will find out why this question is so big. But me, in all this conversation you, you come across as somebody who, at the end of the day, measures your life by the results that you generate. That is my reading of your person. Would you say that uh, from where you sit, at the end of the day, the, the, the main measure of your life is the results or the impact that you create? Would that be your philosophy of life? Not entirely Give me uh, an idea about your philosophy When you say your wife is the one who knows you I <laughs> have to, Who are you? So, how can you understand? What is, what is the thrust of your focus as a person?
1: So, so just by virtue of where I've had to work Results matter uh, And results absolutely matter If, if, you're, in, if you're, in, you're working in any corporate environment Where there are investors Where there's outcomes expected Results matter And by virtue of the rules I've had to play in all of these things Results have always played a very important bit of it, and honestly, um, my my family know how very stuck on results I am at. But I've also learned that in in seeking those results, I think the journeys we take to coming out of those results are probably the most important lessons that I am learning. So, as a CEO of Bayport, um, when I came to work, what did I see myself come to do? I saw myself as someone who had been given stewardship over the lives of some 600-plus staff whose families depended on what we did, whose well-being depended on what we did. And for me, how to affect each of them. and, And for me, it's very important about the people who work with you or for you or in partnership with you, that the experience of how we collaborate or work on every single day matters. So every time I have an interaction with colleagues, for me, um, it's separate from the <laughs> results. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can connect <laughs> with the person. It matters to me that you're going to have a connection that we can actually build on. So that when we come to the part where we are talking about how all of that matters for the business, you also have skin in the game. It's, it's if, so. Um, and in every place I've been, it, it matters. It, it, I have seen how I've, I've I've learned where I've been autocratic, and have had a you know military barracks kind of thing. And we have won. And I've seen the success to that comes out from actually working with friends, colleagues who share common vision. When, when people when people can can read your heart, can 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 say they know you. Their, their attitude to how they work, their engagement with what they do, is totally different. It's, it's it's a totally different ballgame. In
0: your journey, have you failed before? Have you stumbled and fallen before? And yourself, how did I get here?
1: Before? Have Absolutely. You
0: before, have you oh. been your back against the wall? Not many
1: people have seen me cry. <laughs> One or two people have seen me do that. But it's it's it, uh, failure, and and but you see. For me, the, the the lesson I've learned about so the very first. Let me let me give you a typical one. Um, very early in, um, when I when I started out, I wanted to do my masters, and so I signed up for a program, signed up for a long distance program, uh, paid down almost seven thousand pounds. Today, my wife says that the biggest loss <laughs> you have caught this family. you threw seven thousand pounds into a sink and flushed it away. And what happened? So I signed up for this course and I never completed it. Was it that the course wasn't available? <coughs> or you didn't have time? Or it was difficult? What happened? I told myself I didn't have time. And I say that I told myself I didn't have time. And it was my state of mind I had been asked to step up on a row because my boss had had to go away for a while. And I told myself, oh, this is so important. I don't have time to also do this. But then I, a few years later, I actually carried out a similar uh, Program, whilst I was head of distribution, which was my most engaged job in my life to date,
0: right.
1: and I did it so immediately. He told me that I was fooling a lot, <laughs> I didn't manage my time well. What course was that? Oh, it was an MBA program, it was a distance learning MBA program um, with Leicester. Um, and I actually got through all of the coursework, did all of that, and refused to sit down and pay attention to my dissertation. Um, I, I, and, 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 and it, it, it comes from something I know about myself that, um, for many, many people see me as this very, least a focus, but I enjoy, I enjoy <laughs> a lot of rest, I enjoy my time alone, I'd read a good book any day, That you know, <laughs> do all the hard work and all of that. Right. So how do you unwind? Do you, do you play a sport? Do, I read, you, do I you hang out on the weekends? How do you unwind? I read a lot. I, I read I, if I find a good book I can be gone the whole weekend. But I also love, um, I watch a lot of movies. I enjoy movies. I, I'm always looking out for something that totally I could not predict or see coming. What kind of, what kind of movies do you watch? CSI? Do you watch, do you watch Adventure? Action? I do you <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I love all of that, one, but it depends on what I'm trying to do. If I'm really trying to unwind, a, a good busha boucher is fine. <laughs> but how do you stop busha busha? Is something something? But then are good one. But but I I love films that totally get me thinking. Wow, I didn't see that coming, or that's that's amazing, and you know you're you're still thinking about it. Um, many times over after the whole movie. Um, that, that that just sets my mind going off in all the directions that typically it doesn't go. And that, that, for me, unwinding is actually just moving out of what I'm usually doing um, Mondays, Friday, and sometimes weekends um, to doing something that is totally not me. Um, I love to travel. Uh, when I travel with the family, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, and then I can focus on being... Uh, with my kids, with my wife. I enjoy that very much. you big and family? Extremely. It matters.
0: Springboard your virtual university. Today is about emerging trends in banking, and I'm having a time of my life having a conversation with Nia the newly appointed or recently appointed executive director of business at UMB Bank Ghana. We've spent this first part of the program getting into his life, his learnings, his love for family, and some very interesting lessons are emerging. We'll take a break. When we come back from this break, we'll go into the banking hall and then climb through the banking hall, up the lift to the executive suite, or maybe you not know, use the lift, use the staircase and stop at every floor so we can see what happens on each floor. Find out how difficult banking has become from the days we're using carries and then learn about the future of banking and how we can all get on board and decide to bank I want to thank. Please don't go (laughs) away. Don't be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mash up. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social apps, and free MTN to MTN calls every Monday. So just go ahead, feel the pulse. On MTN Pulse, just be. We're good together everywhere you
1: go. From football fans... (laughs) football star at enterprise we
0: take care of life's uncertainty so you're free to make your dreams a reality dream big with us enterprise your advantage (laughs) umb was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in ghana From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs at UMB we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers but also in the banking industry we invite you to share in our future our future starts now with you from tabletop trader to supermarket owner At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties, so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. (laughs) Welcome back to Springboard Bridge Investing to the Bush Bush edition. (laughs) As we hang out with Niamangratate, the executive director of business at UMB Bank Ghana. In the first part of the conversation, we found out about his life. And what he brings to the role that he has taken up at this bank that has been a great partner of Springboard over the years. Let's talk about it now. So you walk into UMD Bank as executive director of business with twenty years of experience from various banking roles. Let's talk about banking. How much has banking changed? And why do I see let's why do I see to bank or not to bank? Recently I I, I had a conversation with My good friend, Madame Estacoba, I mean, she's a guru in communications, and she was talking about about the simplicity of communication. And she says a town crier in her childhood went into the neighborhood beating a gong-gong and telling the people to take their money to the bank. And the gong-gong beater said, if you don't take your money to the bank, (laughs) <laughs> Rodents will chew the money under your bed. Mm. And she was using that to teach us the simplicity of communication. So sitting with you today, when I said, let's talk about to bank or not to bank, I'm saying, all right, so for the people <coughs> listening out there, you are a banker, that means you sell banking products. As Tarkova says years ago, they took a gong to town to tell people, don't keep your money under your bed, take it to the bank. You are a banker. To bank
1: or not to bank? Why must we bank? I'm, I'm having a real difficulty trying to meet that, that reason. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so it's, it's so authentic, and 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 it and the the the, the rat might not be your fiscal rat today, um, but um, the extent to which a people bank actually helps the economy grow. Help us everywhere us. where you've you've got. A alternative economy where it's not reflected out there in banking and all of that one. You always notice those countries, when when there's a real downturn, nobody understands what's really happening. Um, And and, and, and for for many people, banking is a very um, personal, individualized experience. But actually, that's how a society makes decisions about where to invest. It's where it funds new ideas that makes their society grow. It is not perfect. And typically when bankers talk about why bank is important, it always sounds very shallow. And I, I totally appreciate that because we've been involved in some of the worst crimes in history. But take every single major economic meltdown that happens that actually started with the, with the banks or with a bank, and you'll be hard-pressed to find that society not returning to the same framework. It's because society has not yet created a process that allows it to come, make considerations around where do we store our wealth? How do we give those who have got great ideas but no um, capital the opportunity to do that? Um, if I had all these ideas and I wanted to bring them to bear, where do I go? Um, society has still not figured out a better way. Increasingly, there are iterations that are being made, and you can see various aspects of banking actually leave traditional banking. But even with the new banking experiences we are having, they are still making the same um, decisions, making the same considerations that banking does. So maybe maybe it may not be banks in the future that may be making those decisions, but the function of making the considerations about where we invest to create. Where? How do we fund new solutions in our society? How do we store wealth? How do we distribute wealth? Will always be required in our society. And, and so, when you don't, when you keep your money under your bed, um, you, you you actually it it is very unsocial, <laughs> antisocial in the sense that it, it it you you take away from the transparency of understanding how the economy works. Uh, I'm going to come to you with, with very.
0: Tough, very tough questions, about uh, issues that people have put on social yes. media. Because yes. in the build up to this very powerful interview, we put a hashtag out on our social media page yes. to bank or not to bank, and ask people to share their great experience with the bank and their bad experience with the bank. <laughs> and you are speaking for your whole industry as you sit here. So, the, 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 the challenge for people is that you talk about a place for storage and distribution of wealth. And the first, the first contribution is from Pastor Albert Oting in Takradi who says, I went to my bank to collect my own money, and it is a problem. So, the issue of storage and distribution, uh, his first comment on social media was, hmm... I mean, I asked, share your good experience and bad experience, and he says, hmm. mm-hmm. then I say, also for details, he says, ah, but why, why is it that I go to the bank to collect my own money and I can't get it? So before we even go into um, the, the future of banking, what is the trust level like between people and the banks and how can we bridge that if there are issues?
1: I mean, that's, that's actually one of the biggest challenges um, with banking today. And unfortunately, in many spheres of life, in many parts of the world, it's not just here in Ghana, or in West Africa, or in Africa, but across the world, trust in banking is extremely low. Why? Uh, because because of the behaviors that so many who have had the privilege of occupying those decision-making points within the banking sector. Have failed to do right um, and and I mean because of that I mean if you've gone through the experiences where you've actually lost your money or you've gone through experiences where you've been cheated or you've gone through the experiences where one or two or a few a few men at the table have stolen your pensions or your savings or or indulged in some venture that's totally lost you your, your life savings you it's it's impossible for you to have any trust for that um, scenario, and which is why I said whilst it's not perfect it, it's how society has dealt with it how how do we bridge that um and and increasingly you we, we are beginning to see even in the regulation that is coming through banking an inflection point on things like climate change on things like um, green earth on things like uh, ethical behavior um, and 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 some of the uh, big framework for governance these days spell out clear codes of conduct and behavior for bankers and the laws are increasingly getting stranger gone were the days when you could be a board member for a bank that actually um, broke something and then you got away with it today there are prison terms As you sign on to the job you are introduced to the possible prison terms you will be facing if you are the director of a board. So your job there is to be, uh, you've got this fiduciary responsibility to make sure that things actually go right. So um, a lot of the mystery that shrouded banking is being taken off. Um, A lot more players who are more altruistic are being allowed to enter that space. Um, Banking is 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 an infinitely more difficult job today than it ever has been um, in, in, in the history of banking. That said, we still have a long way to go to create the kind of respect and trust that makes banking a lot more than it is today. Um, that, 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 that's always going to be an ongoing debate.
0: You've mentioned what the regulator brings to bear and I can relate to the fact that you're seeing that there's such strong regulation today compared to the past and in that regard, Even taking up responsibility in an organization goes through intense scrutiny, just so that you do not take it lightly. That will be the contribution of the regulators. What is the contribution of the banks, yourselves, to increasing the people's trust in you? Let's talk to the person out there who runs a barbering shop, the person who runs a cold store business, the person who runs a school. You are telling them, bring your school fees, let them pay school fees through the bank, let them do this through the bank. How, what encouragement do you have for that person out there who says, oh, yeah, regulator, yes, bank, you yes. yourselves, what, you what do you bring to the table?
1: No, Reverend, you are absolutely spot on. And, and you will see that there's been a, a a new breed of leaders who are coming out, who are saying, yes, these things are true about us, but we want to change that persona that we have. Um, and so you you see the banks who on the back of all the things that happened after George Floyd and, and the Black Lives Matter come out with new terms of engagement with their communities in which they work. Um, and, in, and in-house, in in every bank today, there is there are stronger guidelines and rules that have to do with how do you engage a customer. Um, there, are, there, are, there are banks in Ghana today who will suck you on the spot for bad engagement with your customer. Um, while, whilst that, that, that immediately shows you how seriously they take their customer. Um, I think that there's also, it, it speaks a lot about how things have changed. When it used to be the banker's market where, you know, you could go and queue. I remember those days where I could go to um, a bank and I'd actually take a storybook with me because I knew I would be there for at least four hours. So I have my little book which has got all my things and I'll keep it here. <laughs> and then I'll carry my book and I'll go and sit and read that spoke to your expectation. Were you, were you in banking then? No, I wasn't. But I knew. It was, it was so normal. Today, if any bank tries that, you close by the day, by the time business closes. There's a lot more scrutiny. There's a lot more monitoring. There's a lot more intelligence about banking. Um, the, 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 the courts are also doing their job in making sure that quite a lot of people are being brought back. On track because they have not done, they have not taken their duty of care seriously. So, banking is is, is is changing very quickly, and as a community, we can actually insist on getting the right kind of service that is 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 deserved by us as, as people who, who bank. Um, for 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 me in the leadership of the bank, it's, and, and I, I I know I speak for many other leaders. We want the trust. We know what could happen if we had the trust. We know how we could work better if we had the trust. But there's so much we need to also do. We also need to take off that shroud of secrecy and mystery about banking. How transparent are you? When a customer comes to engage you, can he have a a clear understanding of how long this will will take to happen? And when you fail, would you come back and say, I failed in getting this done at the time that you told me to do it? Um, We will do it at this time. We will reward you for taking your, value. you know, we are going to have to, and I think it's getting there where we are talking about things like service guarantees where people are beginning to you know, take on banks and say, no, I'm not going to take this from you. I like the point about service guarantees. Let me,
0: let me trace the meaning of service guarantee and ask you a question relating to that A service guarantee is a marketing tool used to reduce customer risk perceptions. Signal quality and differentiate a service offering. So you're looking at reducing the perception of risk. Signal quality and differentiate your service offering. How can technology enable this? guarantee process. I mean banking has become big on technology. Today we are talking about branchless banking, all kinds of things. How how real is this evolution of the industry and how can technology guarantee the
1: quality that you talk about? Actually I, I, for me I think it's a like technology that actually makes this possible um, because this is the kind of um, offering or assurance that requires real-time reporting that requires real-time tracking, monitoring, um, making sure that um, as the service is being delivered, it is totally covered, um, so that at the end of the day, you're able to make um, decisions or considerations as to where service fell through the cracks, um, where it was delivered as it was expected, and all of that. And so it's technology that does that. Um, If you have this process where you're able to mirror and capture the entire process um, on a platform so that you can track the response time. How long did it take for you to deliver this part? What were the the handoff times to the next department? Um, Did you have the full support from the customer documentation, all of that one? All of those things allow the, the customer to appreciate what's happening internally. But then, before a company or a firm offers you a service guarantee, it means they've done their work because this, you could easily lose a lot of money. Because as you're rewarding, you're also losing, and your, that's what, that's. What and long it costs both sides right. something for the process to fail. To be fair to you, I earlier mentioned that this week we've had
0: quite a number of people posting both good and bad experiences, and if you tried to go into all of them, it would have it would have taken the conversation in a different direction. But I think we've captured in a nutshell the concerns that customers have the issues of trust. Yes. You're talking about service guarantees. You're talking about measurement. You're talking about being, being humble enough to admit that yes. in some cases you didn't get it right. Something yes. that I think will resonate yes. with many of our customers. But I want to explore technology a bit more. You're saying that technology is the enabler of the service guarantees mm. that you promise. And you're promising because mm. you've done your homework. Mm. But for the person out there who is not really a proponent of technology, mm-hmm. help them to know, based on the mandate of banking, mm-hmm. how much technology has made the life of the customer of a bank easier. And you can use so, real-life UMB examples if you want, but just mm-hmm. to get, help get a sense.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, you remember I told you how I would go to a bank, and, and this was some 30 um, something years ago, Um, It was a big bank, uh, big hall, but myself with all the other workers and everybody, when you came, you knew you would not leave there. It's a camp meeting. It was a camp meeting. We all came. There were queues going out of the hall. Everybody was unhappy, but no one complained. It was kind of like, this is what banking was to us today. And in fact, as early as 2009, 2010 when the ATMs, long after the ATMs have become the staple, you know with ATMs, almost 90% of all banking or transactions disappeared. So from that time till now, we're actually just struggling over the 10% of the transactions left in the hall. And even with that, with digital banking, uh, where banks have got their apps, where there are the so many other payment portals, much of that is gone again. So you've, you've actually got banks who did not move quickly, who actually lost their customers. And the banks move quickly to actually um, put in place those digital um, tools. So, so for many people, if you start asking the, um, our five, six million bank population, how do they do banking traditionally? The banking hall is not the place people go to anymore. Banking halls actually get emptied out. More and more people actually transact from the comfort of their homes on the go. And at business, they, they don't need
0: to work into a bank, you know. And with these them. developments, would you say that your bank in particular has any advantage so, so this I, particular
1: competitive Absolutely. Metrics? So we have, we have a tool, we have a, a product called the Speed App, um, which helps us do the transfers. So if you want to do payments from your wallet, your Momo wallet to the bank, out of the bank, you want to pay monies to another account in another bank across accounts within the same bank. Um, you want to um, stop a check. You want to um, send a message to your bank about how to deal with your ATM card. You feel maybe it is at risk. Don't, these are things that are no longer even. They are not even transactions to work into a bank.
0: I'm concrete <laughs> about this. You know, you know, the, the, the the traditional mind says, "Charlie, money. There must be some more control."
1: Before
0: when it's so accessible, you But on a, on, a, on a more serious note, the level of the level of convenience you dis- describe. It's something I can testify to. I recall going to watch a football match several years ago and a couple of years ago and then sitting somewhere in Manchester after the football match, realizing that, okay, I have to pay my electric, electricity bill, water bill, DSTV, um, and just from the comfort of my phone, yeah. just sitting by some water feature, we just yes. paid up all of it. And i likely, like, really, and this the, thing the world has changed. Yes. What, and let's come back to you yes. and to your presence in the bank. Whenever an executive is appointed, ask myself a big question. What do you bring to this bank that seeks to make an impact in a very competitive framework? What does Niamankrakate bring to UMB? What should we call success? If you evaluate your appointment five years from now, what, what, would, what, what should we call success? I know it's a tough question, but
1: I want to put you on the spot. <laughs> So, um, success definitely, um, the needs of my employers and shareholders and stakeholders, which are the other people in the community should be met. Um, I expect UNB to grow and all of that. And I I, I don't take it lightly. I think those are the traffic signals of success. But for me, real success would have been how many people have grown as a result of my leadership. Um, It it matters to me Um, how many people would have had a different perspective on how to lead how many people would see UMB as a place where they can commit their energies? Um, and for me, when I leave a place, I, I I hate it when someone says, "Oh, things aren't working." It means I did a bad job. Actually, it's an indictment on, on my on my um, on my leadership. So, I hope and pray that when I leave, um, whoever comes in and sits in the chair after me is on this you know, hyperloop of progress and transformation for, for UNB um, is, is beginning to see all the hard work being done so that you can just have these quantum leaps in, in, in delivering what we want as, a, as an entity and our contribution to the, and to, the, to the society. So for me, it's the various relationships within the bank. Those are the things I look at. But those things mean very little if we did not achieve anything anyone can look at and say, yes, um, things actually changed in measurable ways.
0: Just for the record, when we're talking about um, impact and measuring your success, you said, I hope and pray. So
1: I paused when you said and pray. Are you a person of great faith? Are you you a person of faith? (laughs) I'm a person of faith. Um, um, I I can't begin to explain how I would have dealt with a lot of the many crises (laughs) in my life without it. Yes, I... Believe totally in God, in Jesus Christ. I take it very seriously. Take your faith very seriously. Do you take your faith into the marketplace? Yes, um, but for me, I I don't think it's about me announcing it. If we've done business before, or you have worked with me, and you don't see it, then it means I've got a lot of work to do. Yes, I don't. I don't believe it should be something I announce. Um, I never tell people, oh, I'm, I've, I rarely do that. I don't see it as professional. Um, but people, when they've interacted with you, who had a bad many, many years ago, um, one, of my, one of my followers was bad-mouthing me at a session. And unfortunately for him, I happened to be in a room where no one knew I was, and we were discussing what he said. <laughs> so... <Wow. laughs> So I think a few days later, some people were um, we saying, oh, some man was sitting here when we were talking. And I, somehow he figured out that I heard it. She so was in a very bad place. <laughs> know? Know. And we met up and I, I said, I know mean, that's how I felt about your leadership. He's entitled to his view.' So I said, okay, well, look, uh, look, you can forget about that. I'm hoping that uh, when we've done a few more years, you think of me more kindly. You know? And for him, it was a big deal. Right.
0: Um. Let me take you um, the last point from you before I tell you what I, what my learnings are today. In thirty seconds, somebody is starting out on their career. They're confused. They have issues, or somebody stumbled. They try to climb to where you are today, and they stumbled along the line, or they lost their job a couple of y- years ago in the banking crisis, and they still haven't found a new job. Somebody is saying, Charlie, it's good for you, but I am in a tough place. Oh, be a message of encouragement to somebody who says, me, you are blessed. I am not so fortunate. Oh, be a message of encouragement to them.
1: Don't give up. I think it's easy. It probably looks easy for me to say it, sitting where I'm sitting now, and I agree. Um, but um, long before I got here, I also struggled um, looking for jobs. I pounded the street, Accra, with more than 70 CVs in a folder. With my girlfriend, who's was not my wife. We went dropping CVs everywhere and did a reconciliation of how we didn't get it i stayed in a position that I was very unhappy with for a long time. And I'll just share with you um, what I call my wilderness experience with that one. I was in a job I was unhappy at, um, bypassed consistently on promotion. I was very, very angry. One of these evenings late in the night, as I was considering what I was, um, it was very clear to me. I told myself that I'm going to come back tomorrow morning and do my best work so that everybody's angry that i was still here. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what I did. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't cry, you don't feel the pain, you don't argue, you don't shake your fist at God sometimes. Um, but when you've done all of that, your choice is not to give up. It's, giving up is not a choice. You stay on track and you continue at it. Cry when you have to. But look for opportunities all around you. Um, sometimes there are opportunities that we don't like but which offer the a bridge to what we want. And you, you, you grab all, you grab them with both hands. Um, so I agree, not easy, but you don't give up. Giving up is not it. And resilience will typically carry you through those bad patches until you get to the point where you need to be.
0: Resilience will carry you through those bad patches until you get to the point where you want to be. These are the thoughts of Amankra Tete, Executive Director of Business at UMB Bank Ghana, who has been my guest for the past hour. Looking at emerging trends in banking and also unpacking the story of his own life and career and what he brings to the bank with his appointment. Lessons for today. And for those of you who are regular proponents, let's have this debate on social media. Which of them is the toughest? These 10 lessons. One is about leadership and followership. He says, I'm a product of incredible leadership, intended and unintended, and amazing followership. And I've worked with some really incredible people. Number two is about positivity. He says, I struggle to see a bad experience in any place where I've worked. Something he just alluded to, and he says, Every workplace served a good purpose in my life. Number three, learning from followers. He lists a number of followers who taught him something, including somebody pulling him into the, into the teller enclosure for four hours, and he learning about patience and routine. Number four is calmness. Being calm in the midst of the hottest crisis. Something he learns by observing other leaders. He says, Firms take their signals from leaders, and when you panic, the whole firm can struggle. Five is about being impact-focused and not title-focused. And he says the measure of what he does or wherever he's going is how much impact he can bring to the place and how much he can learn and contribute as a result of being there. And of course, that's how he managed to transition from being CEO at Bayport to Executive Director at UMB Bank Ghana. The six point points about connection. When both of you connect to you at heart, they will give their all for you. Number seven is about failures. He talks about that interesting seven thousand pound, was it an investment? I, I hesitate to say money, money flies down the trade, but let's call it an investment because it taught you a lesson. But the seven thousand pounds dumped into an MBA program he didn't finish because he said he was too busy, and yet later at at an even busier role, he invested uh, in the same program and completed it, a lesson about time management. Number eight is about trust. Humbling point. Many are skeptical about the banking industry because of past experiences, and he says the industry must be humble enough to admit that there were times they didn't get it right, and stretch out to the customers, reach out to them, and regain their trust by bending over, which is something that they are working very hard on. And he says it is backed also by strong regulation where any director knows before you take the position that you are in for something and you can't take it for granted. And he says those are changes that are very positive. Number nine is about a consumer's market and not a banker's market, where banks have put in place real-time measures. Of service quality and can even fire you for going outside the approved measure just to make sure the customer is happy. And number 10, he says this level of service guarantee and quality is powered by technology, making possible for consumers something that 10 years ago, 20 years ago was thought to be impossible. And that's the conversation we've had with me Amancra Tete. Which one is your favorite? Let's have the conversation. On social media. Thanks so much for coming thank to you, the virtual university. Thank you. Warm regards to the entire crew. Nana Ben and the whole crew at, okay. at UMB Bank. Okay, okay. Extend our position to them for being great friends of Springboard. Okay, okay. Right. Okay, okay. So, on behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort, my name is Albert Okran saying A big thank you to MTN Pulse, UMB Bank, the Enterprise Group, the Multimedia Group, the Graphic Business. And on Tuesday, page 18, Niaman smiling. Telling you about emerging trends in banking, including the Boucher You will love it. Yeah, we will spell it. Boucher You will love it. And then you find it also on my joy online and then graphic online. And that has been our program on emerging trends. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you.